If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. <laughs> I need a constant IV antibiotic uh, during this time of year. I think we all need a constant IV right now. You know what I want to talk about in the pre-show? Oh, you want to talk about Daryl's I do want to talk about that. Yeah, I, I do. I really do want to talk about that. I told Courtney, were you down here you. or were you upstairs? I told her it came on when I got in the car to come over here. Mm-mm. And I almost hit stop. Because I was like, it's the last episode. Mm. I'm on the last one. And I was like, I can't start. I got to It's got to all be at the same time. I can't sit. But I couldn't turn it off. I can't. Right. I can't turn it off. She's fucking amazing. I know. I basically gave my life over to it for the last three days. Yes. Well, with between all the, you know, all the other stuff we were oh doing. Oh, my gosh. But- it's been so busy. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> we're kind of just so- staring at each other like, what are we doing here? How is yeah. this going? <laughs> <laughs> they're refusing a second drink okay that's how things are going right and now. how did that go you took it but she gave it to us anyway <laughs> right. despite the fact that i was laid out yesterday no Friday. day before yesterday i don't see i don't even know what day it is <laughs> no it was yesterday i was so bad oh well yeah from Friday. From, from Friday. Today is Sunday. We had a fantastic Friday. Yes. We had we photo, a photo shoot with the wonderful Morgan. Morgan. Morsham. We had so much fun. And Morgan has a photography studio. She does photos for weddings and really anything because obviously we didn't have a wedding. But nope. we had headshots done. And if you want to find her, you can find her on Instagram. It's the underscore Morgan Lee photography. Morgan Lee, L-E-E. The Morgan Lee, L-E-E photography on Instagram. Yes. She's so, so we good. strutted it. We strutted it on Friday. We, oh, man. There was some strutting. <laughs> there was some prissing. There was some hair flipping. Was that me? Was I the prissing? <laughs> you were the strutting. Oh, okay. You were the strutting. I was the awkwardly walking. Oh, my God. <laughs> there were thongs. There were thongs. And condoms. Yeah. <laughs> We're not <laughs> ours. Some of the glorious scenic overlooks of Jacksonville, Alabama are covered in used condoms. And thongs. I took a great picture of a graffiti that said, I love you forever and ever, right next to a used condom. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this place That's is poetic. It could be beautiful, but people just go up and oh, It has been beautiful. It. Yeah. This view is beautiful. And it's so, anyway. so disturbed by the trash. But the thong, the first thing we pulled up, I said, there's a thong. It was bright for It was like green. Ne- yeah, it was like neon, neon, neon green yellow. thong <laughs> it really it just like, looked like ribbons i thought it was ribbons and they're like it's a that's thong. what i thought too i walked up and said that's, that's a thong, thong. <laughs> there's rolling papers and penis graffiti and um but you know we didn't get any of that We're in our photos that out. <laughs> our photos are all the beautiful scenic jacksonville oh, alabama overlook. with the trees and the leaves mm-hmm. changing mm-hmm. beautiful so good so thanks to Morgan. And then we thanks did the fire pit. So we'll let you know when we get our new ones. that's where things went down. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh. We came back to Patrice's. 
made a great fire. Marlea did that. And Patrice had already mixed up drinks, so this is not my fault what happened after. <laughs> <laughs> pitcher of Negronis and... A pitcher. Yeah. Pitcher of Negronis. And no dinner. It was half a pitcher. <gasps> Whatever. But none of us was really but, hungry, and so we had nobody ate, and everybody drank, and that was the problem. And somehow it just kept happening... We just slept basically in the pod basement. No big I, deal. I did. Safe. It's safe down here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I was very, very, very ill. <laughs> there you and go. And it's been a minute. It's been a minute. So and we still have a lot of, like Saturday, we had the D&D yes. party. Mm-hmm. And then I took, my kid had a sleepover after that. And mm-hmm. I took them all up to Piedmont to do a, like a lighted house Halloween light show thing and drove them all around and brought him home and i was like this is it this is this is the <laughs> limit of my capability this is all i can do and now we're at sunday <laughs> got up and got up early went to a play called went to brunch first oh went to nola brunch at nola on second in gadsden mary. alabama and um mary. our friend mary had gotten us tickets to white plains blue mountain which is a new play that was being um put on by theater of gadsden in gadsden alabama by william and donna thornton and it's the story of um it's actually it's more the story of viola hyatt mm-hmm. and it's framed by the story of audrey marie hilly these are both stories that we've covered on the show right and so she was like hey you guys might be interested in this and so we all went together and that was pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah. it was it was interesting the way they did it let's see so we covered thongs <laughs> penis graffiti ah <laughs> uh, um, drinking too much negroni drinking too much negroni jello jello, jello. Yes. i did that oh god no wonder we no no, the Jello was fine. Courtney's convinced that the reason I was sick, and but well, I you weren't ate. you weren't great either. I'm just going to say, Courtney and I, Patrice is immune as much of the Jello, if not more than Marleya did, and mm-hmm. I'm fine. So Patrice made I think it was the mixture. It's not the Jello on his own. Just tell him what's I in don't, it. I don't blame the I don't blame the Jello one bit. I'm just saying I tasted the Jello, even though I did not get sick. Sick. I, I was thinking you I were prejudiced against the Jello. <laughs> I'm starved. You hated the Jello from the beginning. <laughs> That's right. You never wanted Our, the Jello. You never wanted the Jello. Are correct about that. I would give you the specifics of what what came out of me, but I'm not going to. But I it wasn't beets. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Patrice warned us. Patrice made this may look like blood. <laughs> Patrice made a heart shaped jello mold out of beets, beet juice, beet juice, carrots, horseradish, not carrots, I'm sorry, horseradish, celery, celery, celery. onions. Thank you, thank you. Um, vinegar, a sh- little bit of sugar, and just the plain, no flavored gelatin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the beets made it red. The yeah. beets and the beet juice made it red. Yeah. Yes. Because it looked like strawberry or cherry jello. Right. Yeah. It looks it, like it deep cherry jello, but it's the beet like, juice. But it's the beet juice. Yeah. There was no, there was a little bit of water, but not much. Most of it was beet juice. And when you see the video, I like let it sit in the hot water way too long. So it's really bloody, which is perfectly fitting <laughs> for <laughs> Halloween. But the surprising thing is, and if you watch the video, which is going to probably be out. I'm going to put it out before this podcast comes out. Um, it was delicious. I liked it. I was so surprised. Delicious Courtney. is not what I would say. <laughs> However, Courtney blames the world's ills <laughs> on, on celery and beets. Jello. <laughs> on celery and beets and jello. 
Just celery and beets in general, and then throw it in Jello, and it's over for me. I told you I had those were two of my vetoes that I didn't. I did eat it. You I'm did. very proud of you yes, for eating it. I absolutely. didn't think you were going to, to be honest. I almost spit it out, but I didn't. I went through, even though we were pretty tipsy by then. But I will say the crunchiness was not aversive, and <laughs> I liked the, the crunch. The horseradish was good. I love horseradish, mm-hmm. and I love onions, and but it looked like. It looks like someone chopped up like liver. It looks like it looked like pieces of like, people. Wait till you see it, the video. You'll see Sorla Sorla green. <laughs> it must have been the onions because they looked very meaty and it looked like meat to mm. me. Oh, so that was probably the diced up beef themselves. Yeah, Ew, yeah, they, they look like little slivers of uh, liver. Mm-hmm. They did, but because they were kind of cubed. Little cubes. Yeah. Marley and I are like they thinking. They kept eating it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that there must be something to our grandmother's jello mold uh-huh. recipes. So we are, I'm a little excited now. Well, I remember you saying I'm that it preserved vegetables. And I did yes, think of does. that as soon as we started eating. Right. I was How like, this is way crispier. I know. And it had been sitting in there for like five, six days. Yeah, because you made it, it on Tuesday. Very mm-hmm. crunchy. It was like mm-hmm. eating just if you chopped it up for a salad. It was crispy. So that's the, why they poured salad into Jello molds. So the price of foods going up. This mm. may be a thing. Maybe we should all start, start making fifties Jellos again, right? With all the veggies in it. Make sure you use lime every time. Uh, <laughs> well, my, now that they don't sell the like the salad Jello flavor anymore, right? But there's a salad Jello flavor. There was. Oh, yeah. They used to have like was three. Di- I think it was no. I think it was it was three. Di- there was one that was like a celery flavor. Uh. There was, there may have been a carrot. I I think I listed them in the episode that we did, but there were I think three different salad Jello uh, flavors. There were like savory Jellos. Plain for this. That one was plain. Oh yeah, it was plain. It's 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 not Jello. It's usually Knox gelatin non-flavored because Jello doesn't sell. I don't think unflavored gelatin. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're saying the brand name. We just say Jello as the thing. It's like the Southern Coke, right? Gelatin. Yeah, we mean gelatin. We mean gelatin. But um, yeah, the next one I've got my eye on and I'm I'm listen, I know we said that this gives us hope and everything, but this is an avocado jello recipe and I don't necessarily have a great deal of hope on this one, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm feeling a little sick already. (laughs) I mean, I like uh, guacamole. So. Yeah. So, and I'll have to see. I can't remember. I can't remember what all is in this one. But I just, it's the whole savory Jello thing that I just I'm like flabbergasted of how much I was like, yeah, okay, this can be Thanksgiving. It was so crunchy. It was so good. yeah. There's video. Me there's going, video. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like yummy. <laughs> It was not the worst thing I've ever tasted. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's actually high praise from that you. That is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't how like much celery. you hate celery and beets. <laughs> don't like them. I've tried to. Oh, Again, I, I told you. I know. They're in Bloody Marys like celery is. Every time somebody brings one of my Bloody Marys, the first thing I do is pull that shit out, throw it, or give it to somebody who's there. <laughs> you want this? I'm not eating it. Hmm. Nom. Celery. We had right. Mary today too at brunch. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Nola's brunch was awesome. Let's um talk about Daryl's podcast. So Patrice's friend, Daryl Lisa Fazio. Mm-hmm. Fazio. Fazio. Has released a podcast called Pearl River Remains. Mm-hmm. And I can't say enough good stuff about it. 
And this isn't one of those like, this isn't a bias because you know the person, though I've met Daryl. We had lunch Mm -hmm. together one time, but um, I've been absolutely floored by it. And I haven't, it only came out at this time of this recording is what, three or four days ago. It's, yeah. It's been out for about five days. And um, as soon as I saw Patrice post about it, I was like, oh, I'll give this a listen. I just ran out of another thing and let's give it a shot. Because I also, I also, I don't listen, I probably said on the show a billion times, I don't listen to audiobooks. I don't listen to fiction podcasts. It's just not my, it's just not my thing. And it doesn't usually hold my attention. Mm-hmm. I have not stopped listening to this for like four days straight. And I'm almost done. It's, I think I meant like, how many chapters are there? I think there's like 20 some chapters and yeah. I'm almost um, finished right because I can't stop it's yeah. very it's insightful and moving and um really well performed and really well written is 100% real believable as 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 much as it deals with you know things that are kind of beyond the natural in certain places or right. well, I guess supernatural. This right. is supernatural. I don't know mm-hmm. that we would call it that, but you know, beyond what's normal, it just sounds well the tagline so is believable. That she has is a serial fiction southern gothic ghost story. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Here's here's a little paragraph just to it's, let people it's, know. It's, it says wonderful. when when human bones are discovered in a Mississippi riverbed, Fran Bowden, a loner with particular or peculiar gifts, returns to her small town to probe the origins of her mother's long ago disappearance and confront the ghost of her family, both living and dead. Mm-hmm. Like Daryl is just amazing. I highly recommend everything that she does. Yeah, it's it's great. So y'all go listen. Go yes. take a listen to I'll, it. We'll have a link. <laughs> Definitely on the worth your time. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. (laughs) All right. So this is... 114. 114. Yay. Unfortunately, we do not have Courtney here and we are having to re-record this. I don't even want to mention that. I'm just a little upset because we had some killer jokes. I know. I know. Killer funny stuff happening. And now I'm doing this, redoing this a week later and I just don't have the same energy because I'm kind of pissed off. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to take all of this out because I'm like laying out my feelings about this when just I just be. need to just fucking talk about it. Just do it. Just do it. So today I'm going to talk about the devil's trampling ground, <laughs> which Marley is laughing because the it's first so time funny. I said that... <laughs> I said the devil's trampoline ground. <laughs> like trampoline. Well, it's, it's really the hard trampoline to ground. It's really hard to it say is. trampling. But it's so funny when it's the devil's trampoline ground. It's so much better. Yes. I mean the mental image alone.
It's just amazing. So, um, so the Devil's <laughs> Trampling Ground is a camping spot in Chatham County, North Carolina. You may have heard of it. You may not have. It's in a forest near Harper's Crossroad near Bear Creek. And the thing about the trampling ground, as <laughs> stated, it's like a 40-foot circumference, circumference ring uh that's nothing's grown in for like over a hundred years. And that's why they say the devil walks in circles and he haunts the ground. And he's supposed to be like thinking of means to cause humanity trouble and mischief and evil and all that stuff. He thinks a lot. He tramplings a lot. He tramplings a lot in this space. He does. It's also a circle. I mean, for real. It's like the the circle. It's a really big trampoline. It is a really big trampoline circle. Uh, Same thing that's very similar is the witch's dance off of Natchez Creek. Natchez Trace, right? Thank you. Natchez Trace, Natchez <laughs> Creek. I'm sure there is a Natchez Creek somewhere, but this is Natchez Trace near Tupelo, Mississippi, and it's a bald spot. Nothing has grown there forever. And so there's like a lot of speculation as what could call this to cause this besides like the devil walking around because it's a campground. <laughs> People camp there. They haven't seen the devil. <laughs> but you know they talk about it being a little you know eerie and that supposedly like animals around there don't you know won't go near it and, and all of this other stuff but of course there's a native american connection here some people believe that this spot is like an ancient meeting place for local native american tribes that's kind of our default it's like yeah. something in the woods doesn't make sense or is weird we talk about Native Americans, mm-hmm. you know, you have things moving in your house, you're on a Native American burial, burial ground. ground, your dog comes back to life, <laughs> it's probably been buried in a sacred Native American graveyard, yes. so that's, mm. that's what we white people do. Mm-hmm. So this trampling ground is in an area called Croton apparently, and it's named for the fallen tribal chief that was buried there after a battle. Oh, so there actually was someone buried there, but maybe not at that exact spot. According to the internet, Ah, yes. yes. Okay. The all-knowing internet. The all-knowing internet. And I will put links to all my sources in the show notes. So the word Croatoan was carved in, it's not the same word, so it's Croatoan was the chief's name, but Croatoan was what was, you know, we all know that was carved into a tree at Roanoke Island. They're thinking that maybe it's referring to this battle site where he was buried, but that's like 250 miles to the east of uh, Roanoke Island. Mm. So it's like in the middle of North Carolina. So it's kind of a stretch. Okay. I'm not saying didn't. No, it's a little stretch. Is Roanoke Isle? Is Roanoke? Is that where people did people disappear? Is that the thing? I think is... I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. And all that was left was the carven Roanoke in the tree. Gotcha. And, you know, probably yellow fever or smallpox, or maybe they just fucking walked down the beach and never came back. <laughs> Who knows? No, that's the mystery of it. Nobody really knows. So also speculations that tribal gods were purportedly like preserving this barren circle as a memorial to their 
loyalty, their followers' loyalty. So, you know, again, all the things. And then we have the molasses meal theory, which is like maybe horses that were used to like churn, you know, molasses meal kept rocking in circles and they just killed all the grass and nothing's ever come back but like in ages and ages ages, but (laughs) if that was like the deal it'd have to be like ghost horses because you know cursed horses cursed horses or something because as we know you leave something along nature reclaims it Mm -hmm. and nature finds a way nature finds a way finds a way and so all of like all of our mills and stuff that used to have horsepower where they like knit in circles and it's no longer there eventually the grass grew back Mm -hmm. i mean it's not unusual so this is the whole thing so if you're in north carolina and you go camping a lot you may know about this but the thing about this barren land it's weird because there's also shrubbery that grows (laughs) around it or or different plants that are more accustomed kind of to coastal growing places so scientists like what we got to figure out what's going on here Mm -hmm. and so if it's supernatural more than more than likely it's kind of just science like we talked about yeah there is a thing like when they tested it they noticed that the ground itself was very salty. Mm. It was a little salty ground. <laughs> and so they're like, well, the reason nothing grows here is because in the circle, it's all salt. Apparently, there are natural salt licks, and that's what they called it. It is a salt lick. Everything is sterile in this salt lick because there's a high concentration of salt. So salt licks are places in the ground where salt appears naturally or has been deposited by humans where birds and animals congregate to savor the salt. So when they they said, like, you know, animals don't go around it, I was kind of thinking, bullshit, if it's Mm -hmm. salt, like... But they would go. They would go and to get, like, the minerals and and the salt because animals, we all love salt. I was just going to say, I mean, literally, you hand me a pile of chips and I would lick it like a salt lick. Right. So the thing about salt licks that I didn't know is that parts of, like, the modern-day highway system, they kind of formed because of animal trails that were used by Native Americans. And, you know, we talked about Natchez Trace, you know, being kind of an animal trail that ended up being used by Native Americans, then that we kind of took over and became like a main trail going from Natchez, Mississippi, all the way up to Nashville, Tennessee. But what it is, is that these trails along the way would have salt licks. And it was where people would like take all of like their salted beef or whatever scraps. And they would, instead of just like randomly throwing it out, they would wait until they got to these certain areas and they would deposit them. And that would, you know, because salt is valuable. Salt was valuable back Mm -hmm. in the day. And they would use that to kind of like lure animals in to hunt or they would use that, get their daily salt intake. Mm -hmm. Right. So these rest stops, both temporary um, and permanent, would be where villages were kind of established uh, around these trails near these salt licks it would be used commonly and then as later days and explorers and colonizers came about and with horses and stuff they just became like you know kind of a um landmark 
So everybody kind of knew where and they, they would be. They knew where they would be so that you can, you know, give your horse a break and you can throw your salty scraps or whatever there. So, like I said, your Pringles, your Pringles, <laughs> like throw out your Pringles. So I'm sure that's what happened with witch's dance because nothing grows in that spot. I'm sure it was either a natural or more than likely a man-made salt mm. lick. And these are supposed to be all around these early trails, which I thought was so extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. So Native Americans would carefully save the salted remnants and place them strategically in their hunting grounds to attract wild animals and birds. They recycled these licks and, you know, every time it's kind of like they re-upped it to enhance it, to make it bigger, to attract more game into the area. These became tribal properties and other tribes and neighbors would not take over somebody else's salt lick. So it's like if you put all your scraps in this one salt lick, then your neighbors or the neighboring tribe knew that like that was part of your village and your campgrounds and they wouldn't use it. They would have their own salt licks somewhere else, Mm. which is interesting. So why all the talk about salt and why were these salt licks areas so important along the trail because salt has been like such a valuable commodity Mm -hmm. we don't think about it nowadays because you know we have salt on the table it's not hard for us to get salt has been called white gold throughout the ages and there's this really interesting article that i got a lot of my information from it's called salt social standings and religious superstition and mm-hmm. it's from saltworksconsultants.com. That makes me laugh. It's such a funny like website and business name. But it got salt. We all have Can so much salt. Can we consult with you about salt? We have too much salt. We do have too much salt. Early days, primitive people, cave dwellers, didn't really have any concerns about salt because they got all of their minerals and salt from consuming the blood of the animals that they killed. Mm. Salt consumption was not anything they had to add to their nutrition or their dietary needs. But as we moved more towards less migration and more towards farming and agriculture and stuff, we needed a way not only to preserve food because and meats that was brought in because we weren't hunting every day, but mm-hmm. also to get that mineral, like we're eating plants all the time. Plants are not salty and you do need salt because your body, we are salty people, right? <laughs> You're <Yes>. salty. <laughs> we're all salty. So the demand for salt increased and it started to become like this monetary exchange and like anything monetary and the increase for and the demand for you have money and power and usually war comes about mm-hmm. um, over the possession of salt. So civilizations rose and fell literally in the pursuit of this white gold that we know as salt, which, again, is something I've never really thought no. of. Uh-uh. Early Romans controlled the price of salt and in- would increase it to fund their wars and then reduce the price also to make it available to their common citizens. They built roads specifically for making transportation of salt more convenient. Hmm. One such road is called the Via Salaria, and the Sol in Salaria 
is Latin for salt. Hmm. They literally built a road for the transportation from the Adriatic Sea to Rome so that they could bring the salt to preserve their foods and to use as barter. And it was as easy as like, you know, evaporating seawater that we still use today in order to make the salt. So if you had like access to seawater, you know, you could evaporate and and get the salt and that's what they were doing. And then they were shipping it inland and Rome literally paid its soldiers in salt. Oh, weird. The word salary, (laughs) you know, sal and salary uh, is a Latin word for salarium, which means payment in salt. So every time that we like, you know, what's your salary? What is your payment in salt? That's what it means. Everything's salt, y'all. Oh my God. That's crazy. It is crazy. So in medieval times, it was all social status. People who had easy access to salt during meals were like had the higher social status. There was a saying when you're at the nobles table that if you were seated below the salt, that meant that you were not nobility and that you were unworthy to access this salt, the salt, which was a luxury, an expensive commodity. In America, salt is thought to be a major factor in the outcome of many wars in American soil. During the Revolutionary War, they would interrupt the the salt supplies going out to the soldiers. And in the War of 1812, soldiers in the field received not salt, but salt brine, so salt water, Mm -hmm. as payment because the government was too poor to pay them with money. And if you ever drink Gatorade, Gatorade has salt in it. Yeah. And that's one of the things is it does is it replenishes the salt that you lose when you sweat. And that's why we need salt, because it helps our body function. Gandhi, in an act of nonviolent protest to the British salt tax, British fucking text everything right <laughs> yes gandhi son of a bitch colonizers he went down to the shore because what the british did is they said okay even though you have access to the sea and you can make your own salt it is against the law and a punishable crime for you to do so because we want you to buy british salt so gandhi was like calling their bullshit and so what he did is he marched down to the water and started to produce salt and he's like come at me (laughs) you know but he was saying it's ridiculous for you to make salt production which any person regardless of status could do with just access to the ocean Mm -hmm. and then making it punishable by law so it was ridiculous Then we get into salt being used in rituals. You know, we talked about how salt is used for currency and the power of salt and those who have it and those who do not. So, of course, bring in religion to this because we talked about Rome and their use of salt for payment. So salt became a religious symbol and it represents the incorruptible purity. And it has like this long history of being used in rituals to purify and as magical protection and blessing. Salt has been used throughout the ages as a ward against negative energies or evil spirits. There's an old belief that throwing salt over your left shoulder would protect you from bad luck because the devil is supposed to stand behind you on your left and Uh. then your angel is supposed to stand behind you on your right. 
Throw salt in his eyes. Throw salt over your back and, you know, get rid of them, I guess. Was the pillar of salt thing that Lot's wife looks back on Sodom and it turn and she turns into a pillar of salt for looking back. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But she's not evil. But she's not evil. Right. She was just curious. And they told her not to. And she was like, I guess that makes her evil because God's like, I told you not to. Why? I don't know. Uh, then just arbitrary never, punishment. Arbitrary punishment to give lot women a, a lot of salt. An investment of investment salt. in salt. <laughs> Sell off his wife in grams of salt. Ancient Greek worshippers they would like consec- use consecrated salt in their rituals. In Germany, salt was put in the corners of the home where newlyweds were to reside to dispel any bad or negative energy. Mm-hmm. Jewish tradition they dip their challah in salt on the Shabbat. Challah mm, bread, <laughs> yes, so good. Japanese sumo wrestler sumo loses. <laughs> Japanese sumo wrestlers would throw salt into the ring before a match to purify and sanctify the area and drive away any evil spirits. And they use a lot. I saw a picture and I'll post the picture. You know, it's not like just a little fink. Yeah, that's you know, what salt. I would picture. It's snowing salt. <laughs> I feel like if they roll around in it, they're just going to be like all salty. <laughs> salty smooths. Okay. In Chinese folklore, they credit the phoenix with the discovery of salt. So their little folk Lore says that one day a peasant saw a phoenix rise from the ground and they thought, well, there must be treasure where it came from. So they dug in the soil and they didn't find anything, but he knew the soil must have value. So this peasant took the soil to the emperor and gifted him this dirt treasure. And the, the emperor was like, why are you doing this? And he put him to death for his <laughs> impudence. Over. Right? Overkill. So later... For whatever reason, he must have held on to the dirt. Mm-hmm. A little bit of it fell into his soup, as unbelievable as that is. Um, <laughs> and then he tasted it, this little peasant dirt soup, and <laughs> it was wonderful. And he was like, hey, this dead guy has got something. And then he felt great shame. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And then he called for the dead man's wife and family, and he gifted them control of their lands where the salt occurred and the peasant's family became rich and prosperous 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 they became incandescent (laughs) okay in norse mythology the gods first came from the salty ice block (laughs) which again i've heard this all already and it's still funny Salty ice just, block. This because is, I feel like salty ice is no ice. Is, we talked about this. We talked though, about we? this, but salt then again, we talked about how it was the sacred cow that yes. licked the salty ice or whatever it did to birth forth the the oh gods of God. the Norse mythology, which is like Odin, right? I guess. Or the, the first god. He's one of them. The grandfather of Odin. Not Odin itself, but like original OG. <laughs> the OG Norse god. The Norse god. In uh, Mesopotamia, there was a goddess uh, that was the symbol of chaos and primordial creation. She <laughs> was a salty goddess yes. of the ocean, and she hooked up with the god of fresh water and produced brackish offspring. <laughs> <laughs> All of this, you know, 
folklore is kind of fucked up. Yeah, man. <laughs> so ask these creation myths, especially oh are just like, Lord. wow. Like, wow. I was like, y'all were smoking the, mm-hmm. I'm telling this. So apparently like the God of the fresh water decided like to kill his children. All his brackish children. All must his go. brackish children. He's like enough of you off with your heads. And then they in turn killed him. And then old salty goddess here just said that she was going to kill her husband's murderers, a.k.a. her children. Mm-hmm. Of course, she is slain. And then apparently her body becomes the heaven and the earth. The end. Mm. Salty, yeah. salty, 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 heaven and earth. salty heaven and earth. And then, of course, Christianity, as we talked about, um, the covenants of both the Old and New Testament are sealed with salt. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth mm-hmm. to his disciples, just telling them how valuable they are. And because, like, your physical body is really we're nothing more than salt bloody bloody salt which is it's so weird though because i always think of the salt of the earth as like humility or you are i don't know like but i don't think of it as a valuable thing so it's like that context of that really makes a huge difference yeah it has changed it's interesting mm-hmm. and and like you said old testament lot's wife was turned into a pillar of valuable salt we talked about the latin the sol meaning salt mm-hmm. in latin so salvation has mm-hmm. sol in the beginning of it Salt is still included on the altar to represent purity. It is mixed with holy water, which I didn't, I mean, I've never drank holy water or tasted holy water or been around holy water. Oh, that's right. You said, because I was confused because I thought holy water was just regular water that somebody had blessed. Blessed. And I still think the blessing happens, but I think it's blessing over salt Salt water. water. Crazy. And I'm I'm wondering, like, is that a vampire thing? Does it suck all the life out of them? Uh, or, or, or a salt, salt substitute or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, and I don't know if they use it because, you know, salt kills bacteria. Mm. So I'm oh, wondering that's true. if it's like actual kind of a functional way, to, like if they keep yeah, because you keep water in, in a Catholic thing. churches it used to be. I don't. I haven't been to Catholic church in a long time. Right. But it, yeah, they would keep it in like a cistern, a small one, right? Like, because you would have to, ble- you would use it to bless yourself or whatever as you walk into the right sanctuary. And so, yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah, though. that's interesting. Though. It is interesting. Oh. So Leonardo da Vinci's painting, The Last Supper. You'll see um, Judas spilling the salt bowl of salt and so this is like uh absolving or maybe an an omen of the evil or wrongdoing that is to be perpetrated Mm -hmm. over the last thousand years in europe salt is believed to provide defense against witches witchcraft demons spirits sprites the devils Evil, the evil eye. <laughs> anything, anything. Anything at all. Tigers. Uh, tigers. Millipedes. Right? Millipedes. <laughs> Fireflies. Predatory fireflies. You know, slugs, right? We're looking uh, into the future. Sorry, are, go ahead. We are going into the future. So the common belief that witches and animals they bewitch would not eat anything salted. Quisitors would advise like Demian demonologists to protect themselves by wearing an amulet of salt. Oh, I wonder if Lorraine Warren did that. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that, that would be interesting to know. Um, they use it like on Palm Sunday. 
to, you know, along with other herbs pressed into a disc of blessed wax. We already talked about the evil witch, right? So peasants in fear of witches would throw salt outside the front door and then lean a broom next to it. And so the passing witch would have to count all the grains of salt. Oh, yeah. Because apparently witches have OCD. <laughs> and they lose track of how many, to, like, I don't know. Like the Rougarou. I remember like the that. Yeah, it was so like it was an it was evil the same thing. thing. Right? Yeah. It's like evil can't count. Don't worry. Evil can't count. So the idea that, you know, the devil's trampling ground. <laughs> One. Tr- Two, three, jumping ground mm-hmm. or the witch's dance. It's evil because there is salt there. It's just to me a very interesting paradoxical thing. Yeah. Uh, much like them saying that the Georgia Godstones were satanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if it was salt, then it would ward off. It the would devil. ward off. Yeah, it would ward off evil. It would not. It would be a more of a holy place mm-hmm. than a place of evil. So get your back straight. <laughs> And also, it's just more than likely it's a man-made salt lick. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have things around the area called Big Lick, because it's a salt lick. And it was used along trails to attract uh, game and to also like provide salt for users of the trail. Damn! And, and that's the rest of the story. <laughs> this is Throw Patrice knowledge. Anderson. Good day. <laughs> I love Paul Harvey. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. That was good even the second time around. (laughs) I love it. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.